Renaissance Part 1 by Dave Ellis Episode 5 After a few more days of reading The Inferno, I got on the train to Florence to once again wander in the streets of Dante and to visit his house in the center of the city. I read more of the journey into the circles of Inferno, the sins and punishments, and all the moral philosophy that was put into these wanderings with the pilgrim. And I wanted to see the beauty of the streets in Florence too, and the churches and cathedrals, with the big cupola from Brunelleschi in the center. As the train was approaching the station, I could already see the top of the cupola through the windows, rising up of the rooftops of the city. There was always the feeling of entering into a history book when I was visiting Florence. Like gliding into the station and walking out into the 1400s and the marvels of the Renaissance. There was a distinct feeling and almost elevating atmosphere of history, arts, a romantic era of enormous progress and an explosion of creativity, beauty, science and industriousness. Florence was the birthplace of modern Europe and the rebirth of the classical world with the Roman Empire and the Greek philosophy. It was a deep love and a magic place largely untouched by the centuries afterwards. The potential for studies was endless. And as the train stopped, I stepped out onto the platform and had a deep breath of air. A place of knowledge, refinement, civilization, and the foundation of our times. I started walking slowly, wanting to adjust to the people, the rhythms, and the atmosphere. And still being in the station, I bought a small coffee and had a little chat with the barista. A little later, I was walking along the old buildings and felt how the senses were adjusting to the sophistication and refinement and seeing the origins of architectural styles around every corner. I had to slow down to absorb the amount of artistic achievements everywhere around me, and that had inspired artists, writers, and sculptors for centuries. And as I reached the main square, I looked up towards the sun and closed my eyes carefully. There was no place like my beloved Florence. After a few more moments, I could open my eyes again and was beginning to find the right mood for the visit I was about to experience at the Dante's house in between the smallest streets of the old town. I was excited and ready. When I had almost reached the house, I entered a little square and remembered from many years before from my last visit. I wondered if the same owner was still working there. A big man with black shining hair, a big smile and a booming voice full of life and decades of adventures. I sat down at a corner table, picked up my book from my bag and waited. And out of the door came the same old person, smiling and with deep blistering eyes approaching my table. My friend, he said, so long time ago. I smiled and felt flattered that he remembered me. Same as last time. I nodded and found a more comfortable position in my chair. Yes, please. The sun was shining down into the little square and there was a certain kind of happiness broadening with me. 
I opened the book, read a few more poems, and felt the connection to the ground underneath me, the very streets that Dante had walked in over six centuries before. The barista came out with the espresso and kindly asked, What brings you to town this time, my friend? I smiled. The coffee and a visit to Dante's house. I'm reading the Inferno now. Ah, Dante. He looked out into the air. The complete poet. And the father of our language. Then he walked inside again, humming on an old song. I suddenly remembered how the book I was reading was also the origin of the Italian language put into its written form for the first time. Another invaluable contribution to the European culture and history. I once again felt small thinking about the giants of history. With the espresso and sunshine and the old Renaissance buildings around me, I was slowly feeling fully ready to enter the house for the first time and see the displays and exhibitions of his works and parts of his personal life too. I packed my things and walked the last two blocks towards the entrance. Already there was a feeling of warped time, looking up at a little bell tower, an old window, and a flag banner from the old Florentine era. And then I went in, paid the ticket, and started the tour of the house. The house was full of interesting maps, models, and displays of coins and tools that were common in the late 1200s, when Florence still was a partly young and growing city, and before the real force of the Renaissance had started to attract the very best talents from around the country and building up the full outburst of culture and release from the Middle Ages that had kept much of the continent in darkness. Dante was one of the first to start this process with his writings and the streams of thinking and emotions he had put into his work and the love of life too. It was shining through from so many of the pages in the book. I walked up to the second floor and suddenly saw three big, big paintings of the three different worlds of the comedy and was stunned. The three worlds of the inferno, the purgatory and the paradise as visual worlds full of details of the journey of the pilgrim and all the structure of Greek philosophy and the Christian tradition was put into it. I kept looking quietly for a long time to orient myself, especially for the rings of hell and the inferno with Lucifer at the bottom, eating the three traitors of Judas, Brutus and Cassius, guilty of betrayal as the worst sinners. In front of me was the whole journey laid, laid out on display and once again the sophistication and clarity of the work struck me and the depth of knowledge that was accumulated in the total of a hundred poems. It was a life work and a gift to humanity and an ambition that was astonishing. I kept looking and felt how a new framework for the Dante studies was taking shape and how I would come back to these paintings later as I started on the second and third book. I felt refreshed and happy and very content that the trip had been so helpful already. The connection to Europe's foundation had already started to expand substantially 
into the deeper layers of both the history, philosophy, morals and cultural underpinnings. It could be felt in my mind too. There was a certain firmness taking shape, or a different platform or deeper soil for the thoughts. The experience of thinking was elaborating in new ways that I needed some time to reflect upon. It was like connecting to something bigger that was also outside of my mind, something shared or in common with the previous times and the larger society as a whole. It was almost like the thinking started to come from a bigger home. And it felt relaxing, fuller of substance, and more detailed and interesting. Like several layers connecting in new ways. And the perception of the surroundings started to slightly be influenced too. But it was still early. I visited the rest of the house, then went back and passed the paintings, and then out into the streets again. I felt invigorated, and I spent a few more hours in Florence before returning to the station and waiting on the platform. When the train arrived, I entered and found a nice seat by the window and leaned back slowly. And when the train started to move, I quickly fell asleep. It had been a great day, and soon I would be back home again and continue my little journey through the world of Tante and through the old history of my own culture. I was getting to know myself better and much deeper. <laughs>